0: the ride thanks a lot for stopping by really glad to have this young lady on her name is natalie winters she is uh she's uh, an extraordinaire she's an entrepreneur she's got her own fashion line but also is the co-host of steve bannon's war room natalie how are you good to see you
1: Good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe I've, I've never been on your show, but I'm <laughs> glad we're changing that today. Yes,
0: we, can't, we can never say that again. You have now officially been on the show. Uh, congratulations on all your success. You've got great traction. You've got an amazing following. How does one, a, a young happening young lady, somehow get on Steve Bannon's War Room as the co-host? How did that even happen?
1: So I used to work behind the scenes for Steve back in the early days. People may remember war room impeachment. Luckily, there's no shortage of, I would say, psyops that the globalists are pushing on us, whether it's right. impeachments or pandemics or election frauds. So a war room has been alive through all of these sort of uh, crises. The poly crises, as the World Economic Forum likes to say. Um, but I used to report for the National Pulse, did a lot of in-depth investigative reporting. I think I sort of strayed from the typical conservative media path of doing op-eds and opinion commentary. Right. And And I just went straight for the jugular uh, with, you know, firsthand evidence, raw documents. I always joke I'm the only American who goes on the Foreign Agent Registration Act website, the portal there and does a lot of my reporting uh th- through those mechanisms so through that i would go on the show a lot talking about primarily chinese communist party infiltration um steve tried to get me to join as a host for a little over a year and i told him let me graduate college first <laughs> and then i will come and join you um and now here we are
0: <laughs> uh, go go follow her on social media uh, natalie g winters natalie g winters or um she's sh- uh or shop she's so right shop she's yeah. so right over on uh that's on x i'm guessing, yes. On everywhere, yeah. Well, I, I follow you on. I think I follow you on. I know it's on X and maybe on Getter. I, I'm. I'm. If I don't, I'll make sure that I do. I don't I'll follow the fashion you, if line. You don't. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, so I don't follow the fashion line yet, but I'm going to do that as well. Um, so, all right. So the Chinese, uh, communist party infiltration in this country is way worse than, than we even thought. I mean, it turns out we're just now finding out that like the second largest landowner in one of the states is, uh, maybe in Iowa. It's in one of the states is a Chinese company owner. Uh, we know about, uh, uh ByteDance and TikTok and its infiltration, Confucius Inf- Institutes, its infiltration. What I didn't know is what I saw your report about today, which is, Leadership at the RNC has been meeting with Chinese Um, people. Natalie, I'm confused because it seemed like some sort of a uh, made-for-TV drama. Are you telling me that the, the party, the RNC, is meeting with the Chinese? If so, why?
1: So the Chinese Communist Party is kind of modus operandi when it comes to compromising the United States, getting us to push policies that are advantageous to the Chinese Communist Party has always been one of infiltration as opposed to invasion. They know that's a better way to conduct uh, global affairs and I would argue really replace the United States as the, the existing global hegemon and the way that they do that is by targeting American elites, whether it's in media, in politics, in, in the think tank world, in academia, uh, really all corners of American society. And this story that uh, we have up today on the War Room website is a perfect example, I think, of the lengths that the CCP is willing to go to uh, to make sure that they can infiltrate, like I said, every corner of American society. But I think the, the most damning part of this equation is that, as much as we like to criticize the CCP, it's also important to, to remember, you know, that it takes two to tango and that we have, I would argue, a treasonous ruling class here in the United States that is just eager to take cash, to take whatever it may be from the Chinese Communist Party. And the story, Uh, that we have up today shows that since 2013 we're now talking over a decade leadership from the rnc including but not limited to former chairman former chairman that is the leadership of the rnc and including the treasurer uh, he went overseas to china when he was actually currently serving in that role but they have participated in what's called the us china high level political leaders dialogue i know that's a mouthful but this is an, an event that is put on not by some Chinese front group, not by someone who's loosely linked to the Chinese Communist Party. It is put on by the Communist Party of China, to be specific, their international department of their central committee. So their top dogs, their top leadership. Um, and through these documents that I obtained, it shows that RNC leadership have been going overseas to China, meeting with Chinese Communist Party members. And the most mind blowing part of the story, if you read the documents, it shows that they were discussing, quote, campaign strategy, and even in 2016, so ahead of Donald Trump assuming the office of the presidency, sort of giving the Chinese Communist Party a preview, a, pre-g- a pregame of what they thought a prospective approach from the Trump administration towards China could be. I know we like to use the word treason a lot, but I think this is an, a, a glaring example of how America lasts, and frankly, when we call the RNC controlled opposition, it shows that they're deserving of it, not just because they're collaborating with establishment rhino sellouts, but because they're quite literally uh, uh, collaborating with the CCP.
0: Natalie, that's crazy. What you just said sounds like it's a plot to a a (laughs) fiction novel, Uh, and and this is probably why people like you and I, and I'm sure Steve, have been calling them the Uniparty for a long time. We've got a bunch of so-called Republicans in Congress that just don't do what they said they would do, and they literally are doing what I think the Chinese— uh, communist party would like them to do. So how is it that they, that they get them over there? You sort of alluded to it, but let me ask you very specifically. And by the way, check out her made in the USA fashion line by going to the website. Um, it's, so it's she's so right.co. No M at the end. She's so co. And there are two S's there. S H E S S O right.co. Go there and check it out. Very, very good stuff. I would not look good in it, but, but it, it appears to be a fashion line for women. So go and check it out. So do they just line their pockets with money? Are they hooking up with people who call themselves Republicans who are really socialists and who really would like to have a system like the Chinese Communist Party? Is it both of those things? How would they possibly get the treasurer to go to China and talk strategy? I don't get it.
1: So your show, of course, the war room, a lot of alternative media outlets do a great job of highlighting Chinese Communist Party infiltration and the existential threat that they pose. But I think a lot of times we can sort of dumb down the issue, right, by saying, oh, so and so is bought and paid for by China. Because if you really get granular, the Chinese Communist Party runs a multi-billion dollar, that's billion with a B, uh, political warfare operation known as the United Front Work Department. And this is a, a systemic and systematic way that they wage political warfare on the United States. I'm sure your audience is familiar that the Chinese Communist Party isn't necessarily engaged in kinetic warfare. That's not their go-to strategy. Right. But they like unrestricted warfare, right? Information warfare, sort of subversion. They love the idea of strangling us with our own systems. So when we have a free and open system, uh, when we allow our lobbyists to work on behalf of foreign companies and foreign entities, when, for example, our Hill staffers and a lot of people who work in Washington, D.C., the United Front and their various proxy groups have set up, using oftentimes the same tactic where they will pay, they will subsidize trips to China. They have a a specific program for Hill staffers. So the chief of staff of all of these congressmen going overseas to China, they do the same thing with academics, think tankers, people in the mainstream media. And through the Foreign Agent Registration Act, I was able to uncover that upon return, in the case of the journalists, they were required to give the Chinese Communist Party, quote, favorable coverage and, quote, disseminate positive messages. And I'm talking outlets, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. So all of this sort of works together. In other words, they've created a, me- a media ecosystem where they're never going to report on it, at least from the mainstream angle. Um, and they really just have full spectrum dominance in terms of their, their compromise. And, and I would argue, too, ideologically, I think a lot of the people who are sort of in bed with the chinese communist party and if you look through the documents you can see they're selecting journalists that they think have a quote preference uh towards the chinese communist party but i think if you don't believe in america if you don't love this country look no further than what the biden regime is doing to our borders they don't even believe in sovereignty then it's so much easier to sell out this country because you don't think there's anything worth defending or fighting for in the first place
0: it's Natalie Winters. She's the co-host of Steve Bannon's War Room. Go to her um, her shop online, She's so Co and go check out all the fashion there. And make sure that you're following her everywhere. It's um, at Natalie G. Winters on all the social media. Did Trump just simply put a four-year pause on this? Because I get the feeling that Hillary Clinton was going to do what Barack Obama did on steroids— and then Trump stops that and then he plays hardball with China. And you had all those outlets that you just mentioned that are in the pockets of China going on and on about how he's going to ruin our economy. He's going to make uh, prices go through the roof. He can't possibly do tariffs and, and uh, taxes on, on Chinese stuff to the same tune that China is doing to us. And of course he did it and he was successful. He also used our leverage against the EU and made them buy our LNG and not LNG from Russia, who's our enemy. Did he just simply put a pause on this for four years? And now that Biden's in there, really Obama running it. I mean, it's not- biden with with obama back in there he's doing he's picking up where he left off
1: so believe it or not and i'm sure your audience believes it because they know donald trump is probably i would argue the the toughest critic not just in policy but action or rhetoric but policy too against the chinese communist party but he sanctioned a lot of these united front work department entities and i think the best juxtaposition to draw is really it comes back to of course hunter biden but the the entity the chinese entity that his family has made millions of dollars from it's called cefc china energy you can look at some of my old reporting it shows that deleted web pages from this group admit that they were looking how to wage quote warfare against the united states particularly in the realm of information warfare these are not just you know sort of linked to the chinese communist party entities that hunter biden was partnered with they were ardent arms of the Chinese Communist Party seeking to topple the United States from the, the existing global world order. But CEFC China Energy, it was actually the Trump DOJ that had to prosecute the vast web of corruption that this entity left across the globe, across countries in Africa, and particularly with Patrick Ho, uh, who Hunter Biden referred to as, quote, the spy chief of China right. in one of the audio recordings from his hard drive. So in other words, it was Donald Trump who had to clean up the multi-million dollar corruption schemes of Hunter Biden while simultaneously cracking down on a lot of these efforts. And you bring up the Clintons. They've been on the take from a lot of these united front groups, too. I think the most important message here is when you say that someone or some candidate is, you know, bought and paid for by China, it's not just a random sort of haphazard uh, circumstance that you see that happen, right? Hunter Biden, it, don't miss the forest for the trees. There is a calculated campaign that they are waging to really find what I call the Achilles heel of the United States, whether it's the Hunter Biden's of the world, the other sort of political offspring, or like I said, people in media, academia, and they target these people with media. You could argue honeypots, sort of more the influence operation side of things. In my in my personal opinion, it's usually the money and the business deals. Um, but a lot of these shady Chinese entities also have. Uh, registered lobbyists all throughout D.C. and New York, even Chinese entities that are working on behalf of the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, have, you know, former members of Congress, former congressional staffers, people whose salaries your taxpayers used to subsidize are now using those connections and leveraging them. Um, on behalf of Chinese Communist Party-owned companies.
0: It's uh, Natalie Winters. She, of course, the co-host of Steve Bannon's War Room. Go to her fashion line, Co. Go and check out that website right now. Uh, So are we waking up? And again, I think that it's more about money than it is about anything else. I don't think that the Republicans and the Democrats are Republicans and Democrats anymore. I think they're, who can I go to the highest bidder? Which sucks. I think there are some good people, but not as many as we should have. But you're reporting on this. We now know about it. Um, is all this tied into the NBA getting billions of dollars from the from the Chinese Communist Party to go pretend like they're like us? Is this, is this like the Chinese Communist Party buying all this land that we talk about? Um, they've infiltrated our educational system. Are we kicking them out fast enough? Are we awake now, Natalie, or are we just now starting to open our eyes?
1: I think we, the people, as in the people who listen to your show, yeah. uh, the people who I'm sure support Trump, are waking up to it. I think there's a level of granularity. You, you could talk to people. I'm fortunate to go to a lot of events with Steve, and the audience is So versed in Chinese Communist Party foreign influence operations. It's amazing to see. And like I said, the ability to report on this objectively and without bias, having not ever taken a trip to China that's been subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party. That is sort of the the worst thing that they can have for these influence operations, right? Because they thrive when no one reports on them when you're not getting the word out. So I'd expect you're going to get even more hate and probably technological glitches from the Chinese Communist Party for having me on. But look, the best way we take down chinese communist party and continue to expose their corruption really i would argue is by re-electing donald j trump because when you juxtapose his approach to china with joe biden i mean i don't even think i need to get started on that but i mean also too you bring up that the property purchases believe me i could riff for hours about why we need to re-elect president trump just on the issue of china alone but you know the biden regime just announced that they were actually establishing a secret working group with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, with our Department of Agriculture and with China's to collaborate on the food supply, to collaborate on farming. It's sort of vague, they didn't explicitly announce that their ambassador to China Just sort of secretly admitted to starting this group while giving a keynote address actually for another foreign influence group that's part of the United Front Work Department called the China United States Exchange Foundation. So if you want to talk about optics, I would say delivering keynote addresses at communist foreign influence groups. Probably not a great place to start, but on every single aspect, uh, the Biden regime is wholly compromised by the CCP.
0: Natalie G. Winters, go follow her everywhere. Go to uh, shesowright.co, so shesowright.co. So go check out the fashion line. I know you have to go. You've got more media to do. Give me give me just a yes or no answer. Um, is the Chinese Communist Party behind all of this anti-Trump crap, all the headlines that we're seeing in all these outlets?
1: Not all of it, but they are the prime beneficiaries of it.
0: Okay. Natalie, come back soon, would you? Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, thank you so much for having me.
0: I appreciate you, Natalie G. Winters. Over on social media, go to she's so right. Co, and we're back after this in the Joe Pag Show. Stay here. This is the Joe Pag Show. to have you thanks we appreciate natalie coming on go and check out her fashion line she's so right.co there's no m at the end of it let we'll pop culture in a moment let me tell you in the meantime though we've got a story that just came in sam just gave me this abc news cancels the new hampshire republican primary debate nikki haley says she won't attend without trump who said he saw no point well, that's interesting to me so nikki haley doesn't want to go and debate ron DeSantis again i guess that she just did that i'm, I'm not sure Who people were saying won that debate. When I watched it, I felt as though Ron DeSantis won the debate, and she just kept on saying, I've got a website about Ron lying or something the whole time. And she does contradict herself all the time. Probably smart strategy to not want to stand on the stage with Ron DeSantis again because she's leading him by so much. She's literally doing what Trump has been doing. Think about it. Trump has been saying, I'm not gonna go and debate, it's pointless. I mean, it can't help me. It can only hurt me. Why would I give them a chance when I'm out by 30, 40, 50 points? So Haley, who's complained about Trump not debating, is basically using the same playbook to say, I'm not going to debate DeSantis again. It doesn't help me. It just hurts me. I'm already up in North Carolina or in uh, New Hampshire over him. I'm already up in South Carolina over him. Why would I go and do that? And then it begs the question, well, does that mean that Trump should start debating? And is there a point in the Republican primary process that Trump should start debating? I, I'll i say it again. I've said it before. I don't think so. I see no good reason or no beneficial reason why he should go and start debating because he cannot go higher in the polls because of the debate. He's already astronomically high as it is in the polls. It could only serve to be a road bump for, or a road, uh, you know, some sort of a a bump in the road for him. And why slow down? A speed bump. Why slow down when you're already like full steam ahead? So uh, interesting that she's not going to debate. I think that this probably is not a smart move by her because you should probably want to keep on showing the people out there why they should switch their vote from Trump to you, whether he's there or not. Pop culture. Dirty pop. Mm-hmm. I, pull what's happening, brother? So you know how you hear about all these stories of celebrities when they were first starting out and... They were struggling or they were doing things that maybe they weren't too proud of. Yes. So Jason Priestley was on with, uh, I guess it's called Kelly and Mark, or Live with Kelly and Mark. Okay. The old Regis and Kelly show. No. Right. Uh, and, and he was talking about how him and Brad Pitt used to be roommates. Huh? And I guess one of the games that they used to play was who could go without taking a shower the longest. Oh, come on. Yeah. And a couple then, of stinky guys? Yeah, and then apparently Brad Pitt would win almost every time. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I probably would do pretty well, I, I th- although I do like showering. That is Sam. That is Polo. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a good night.
1: This is the Joe Pegg Show.